November 3. Be part of the team, it's time to come to the aid of America on November 3. You need to be seen, it's time to come to the aid of America. Go to the polls and cast your vote, time to have your say. Let your voice be heard now, we can make such a beautiful Welcome to your voting guide by the League of Women Voters. This is Vivian Hart, and I will be your host on behalf of the League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson. We are a nonpartisan organization, and we encourage all citizens to be informed about and active in our government. We do not support or oppose any particular political party or candidate. Our goal with this program is to present unbiased information about candidates, the issues, and our voting process relating to the upcoming general election on November 3rd. We are delighted that you have joined us today. And I'm going to be interviewing two candidates for the Pima County Treasurer's Office, Brian Bickle and Beth Ford. Brian Bickle is running as a Democrat. Beth Ford is running as a Republican. The Pima County Treasurer's Office receives manages and disperses public funds, as well as collects, manages, and distributes property taxes levied by various units of local government. The mission statement of the treasurer's office is to provide the most efficient and professional banking and tax collection services possible for Pima County, its political subdivisions, and the taxpayers. I want to welcome Brian Bickle to the show. My very first question to you is, why are you uniquely qualified to be our Pima County treasurer? Well, I, I don't know that I'm uniquely qualified. That uh, kind of narrows things down a little bit. But I do believe I'm qualified, and I think a lot depends on how the office is defined. And I define it not as an accountancy position, but as a leadership position. It's a position that uh, directs the office, establishes policy for the office, and sees to it that the mission of the office is completed. And I believe my experience uh, as a hospital CEO uh, on the civilian side and a battalion executive officer on the military side, uh, leading large organizations, managing multi-million dollar budgets and construction projects, gives me a level of expertise in the area of personnel, leadership, and management uh, that qualifies me for the position of uh, county treasurer. What do you see as the one or two most critical issues that need to be addressed in this position? I think the issues short-term that the office needs to deal with are related to the current situation we have with the COVID-19 virus and how that office copes with the unique circumstances that are imposed by that situation. We had an issue in the end of April, first part of May, where because of the COVID-19 virus, significant numbers of people were in a position where they might have problems with property tax delinquency. Uh, the legislature 
did nothing to alleviate that situation. So a great number of people were going to find themselves in a situation where, uh, through no fault of their own, they were in a position where they were going to suffer some adverse circumstances. Yeah, they didn't have the ability to pay their taxes. One of the things that the county treasurer has the ability to do, uh, not just in that situation, but any time, is to work with the taxpayer and put them on a payment plan that can endure for up to 36 months. Uh, he or she has the uh, statutory ability to charge a $150 fee to administer that payment plan. But uh, I think knowing who these people are, what the situation was, the office could have reached out proactively and, and tried to be a little bit more of a taxpayer advocate. So I think that's, that's a critical issue. Uh, the other thing that the office has been reluctant to do for whatever reason is to take our tax lien sales into an online environment as opposed to an in-person environment. I think given the situation that we're in and we're going to be in with the pandemic for the foreseeable future, uh, I, I would say at least three to six more months, with property tax lien sales being conducted in February, I think the office needs to give serious consideration. Uh, if they don't want to do it permanently, at least this year, it needs to be done in an, in an online environment rather than an in-person environment. Not only is it more expedient, but I think it, it, it's a much safer situation rather than having uh, people around uh, conducting uh, a live in-person auction uh, and trying to be socially distanced and practicing uh, good hygiene as far as face coverings and hand washing is concerned. So those are two issues that, that I think are critical and could have an impact both short-term and long-term, but I think currently it's, it's a short-term impact rather than a long-term impact. Do you know of other treasurer's office who've gone online like that? About half or maybe a little more than half of the treasurer's offices in the state of Arizona are that way, the most notable one being Maricopa County. What will you do to increase transparency to the public of the funds the treasurer's office handles? When my wife and I first moved back to Arizona in 2009, I had the opportunity to hear Dean Martin speak when he was the treasurer of the state of Arizona at that time. And he introduced a program that he implemented called Arizona Checkbook. And when I was a candidate for the Board of Supervisors in 2016, I spent a lot of time in that particular program gathering information as it related to state finances. I would like to take that program and port it down to the county level. I think it it provides a significant amount of information as far as the day-to-day -day operation, uh, where monies come from, where monies go to, how monies move within the organizational structure of county government. Uh, actually, for them, it's currently state government, but put it in a situation where you would have that same capacity uh, in the county government. It alleviates a situation that I've often referred to as a DRIP situation. And DRIP is an acronym for data rich, information poor. 
we have a lot of data on the county treasurer's website, but until you take that data and put it into a usable format, there's not a lot of information that can be understood by the general public there. So I, I've always been a proponent of providing as much information as possible to people that might have an interest in it. You can't make people take note of what's out there, but I think it's important that it be available for the constituency to see and utilize if they need it. It's all public information. Anyhow, the question is, how do we put it out there in a form that makes it easily accessible, easily understandable, easily and accurately usable? And I think the accurate piece is critical. Uh, I've spent a considerable amount of time at Board of Supervisors meetings, and one of the things that's become crystal clear to me over the past five or six years that I've been significantly involved in local county politics is that uh, the constituency is generally uninformed as far as fiscal operations of the county is concerned. And I think it's important that we do everything we can uh, to make sure that they understand how the county functions. You know, everybody complains all the time that the county is inappropriately spending tax dollars. The county collects about $550 million in property taxes every year, but the county budget is about $1.4 billion. So there's a significant difference between the budget and the amount of property taxes that are collected. So not everything that the county board of supervisors spends is necessarily tax dollars. Not that they need to be spending willy-nilly, but I think it's important for people to understand that uh, tax dollars are spent, but there are other sources of revenue that are spent as well. And the treasurer's department is unique in that it's it's 100% funded from the general fund. And for the most part, general fund is all property tax money. What kinds of things could the general public see? Uh, what kind of information could they see uh, with this program that you're suggesting that they can't see now? Well, the best place and the easiest way to answer that question is go to www.aztreasury.gov. Uh, and click on the transparency button. And there's a display of bar graphs and pie charts that are labeled with where money comes. Well, there's there's a set for income and there's a set for outgo. Uh, and it allows you to get a visual representation of where money is coming from and where money is going to. And then you can actually navigate from there into uh, the Arizona checkbook policy, which allows you to determine where the money is coming from, the, the Arizona treasurer, who it's being paid to, the Pima County treasurer, and you can specify what it's being paid for and the time period that that covers. There's been significant debate over our roads and the utilization of HERF monies and the amount of HERF money that's out there. Well, you can go into the checkbook portion of the Arizona Treasurer's website, and you can say, I want to know how much money was sent from the Arizona Treasurer to the Pima County Treasurer between January 1st and June 30th of 2020 for Highway User Revenue Fund money. And you can find out to the penny how much money Pima County has received from the state of Arizona for her revenues. So 
it eliminates the guessing game. You're, you're speaking from a factual position as opposed to a presumptive position. And you also understand that uh, not all of the traffic revenue money or uh, the vehicle license tax money, excuse me, uh, by statute doesn't all go into the Department of Transportation. A significant portion of that money, in fact, a majority of that money ends up going into the general fund. So tracking it as money that should be going to fix roads is inappropriate. So it it, it provides a great deal of information and you can get as down into the weeds as you want to get or you can get as much of a general overview as you'd like to see. But I think it's a very, very functional uh, piece of information for the general public. What other changes would you make to the treasurer's office in the future? You know, that's that's a hard question to answer uh, because I haven't spent a lot of time in the treasurer's office. Uh, and I'd have to say, I don't know exactly how it operates now. I think there's some things based on conversations I've had with constituents that have had interactions with the office, some of them favorable, some of them not so favorable. I think one of the things that I would advocate being, and that's personally available to people that want to speak to me as the treasurer, to the extent that that that's feasible within the operation of the organization, I I think that's important. I know I've I've listened to both candidates for county sheriff uh, do their presentations in various forums, and they freely give out their cell phone number for people that want to contact them. I don't know how many people do. Um, I don't know how many calls they take live or how many times they respond to an email message, but I think it's it's important, and I think it's a, a crucial part of being an elected public official that your constituency have access to you. So. Uh, I, I think that's one thing that uh, I certainly would would make available to the constituents uh, in Pima County. Um, I think another thing that might eliminate some problems down there, um, don't know that it isn't available now, but I know there are people that are not utilizing it. So if it is available, it's not widely publicized. But there should be a mechanism where somebody can schedule an appointment to come in and conduct business with the treasurer's office rather than coming into the office and finding themselves in a situation where they have to wait in line for an extended period of time in order to conduct five minutes worth of business. So uh, those are a couple of things that I'd like to at least take a look at. And then, um, you know, one of the caveats that I learned through graduate school uh business courses and my experience both as a healthcare executive and a military leader is uh, one of the secrets to success is don't run into an organization that you haven't been a part of before and make changes willy-nilly to to begin with. Uh, Study the operation and find out what works and what doesn't work and base the actions that you're going to take on observations that you've made over uh, several months. Uh, things tend to work out better when you do it that way. One last question. What will you do to increase the efficiency of the treasurer's operations? Uh, again, not not seeing how the organization operates today, uh, it's, it's hard to make any recommendations in that regard. Uh, I don't know whether the, the treasurer's office uses a lockbox service. I'm assuming that they do. 
Um, if they don't, that would be one thing that I think would go a long way toward improving efficiency. Uh, what is a lockbox service? I happen to be the treasurer of my homeowners association, and we recently uh, changed banks, and the bank that we now deal with provides a lockbox service. So my homeowners, instead of mailing their payment to me and me having to do all of the transactions with the money, it goes to the bank's lockbox, which happens to be in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, they open the mail, post the, the payment to the homeowner's account, put it in the bank, and send me an electronic report that uploads automatically overnight into my accounting software so that I actually don't have to do anything at all with the payment of assessments anymore that go through the lockbox. So it makes my job significantly easier. Uh, one of the other things I noticed is there is an online payment system. And I understand why if you're paying by credit card, you have to pay a fee. Uh, that's, that's a statutory requirement because the county cannot pay the credit card processing fee on the behalf of, of the taxpayer. That becomes a taxpayer obligation. But there's also a fee that's being charged by the current provider that uh, it, it's, it's nominal. I think it's 50 cents if my memory serves me correctly. But what I don't understand is why that fee is there at all. Uh, certainly, that's something that that provider uh, should be willing to do for free. I know that my water bill, which now is through the city of Tucson, uh, they've recently changed uh, their payment service, and I can make an e-check online payment, doesn't cost me a thing. So uh, the opportunity to save somebody uh, a little bit of money uh, and, and make that process a, a little bit easier is, is something that I think is doable. You've been listening to Brian Bickle, Democratic candidate for Pima County Treasurer. This is KXEI 91.3 FM. And the program is Your Voting Guide by the League of Women Voters. And now our next guest is Beth Ford, Republican candidate for Pima County Treasurer. My first question to you is, why are you uniquely qualified to be our Pima County Treasurer? Well, I'm a certified public accountant, which definitely uh, influences this position. And I've also been doing it for 20 years. So that makes me uniquely qualified for this position. This office must operate under Arizona revised statutes. And the treasurer's office is mentioned in 46 of the 48 titles to Arizona revised statutes. It takes time and experience to understand all the different laws that we're required to follow. In addition, I also serve on the state treasurer's board of investment. The treasurer's office has about $3.5 billion that flows through it, excuse me, in a given year. We serve as the bank for the 98 different political tax taxing jurisdictions in Pima County. And the treasurer's office reports cash investments, revenues, and taxes receivable for those political subdivisions. Those reports must comply with the governmental accounting standards. And my CPA has allowed me to ensure that our records meet GASB standards which are changing constantly. For example, Pima County is implementing GASB 84 regarding the treatment of fiduciary funds. And I've been able to assist the county in this implementation because of my understanding of the new standard. What do you see as the one or two most critical issues that need to be addressed in this position? 
cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. The treasurer's office acts as the, the bank, as I said, for the different political subdivisions, which means we accept their deposits, we clear their checks and other payments, we service their debt, plus we invest their funds. So we want to be able to make sure that we're maximizing our return on investments, but we must make sure that we have enough cash on hand to cover the outflows for the district's payments and checks. The other thing that issue that's critical for this office is customer service to our taxpayers. We have roughly 450,000 taxpayers in Pima County, property taxes, and they need to be treated properly and knowledgeably. We have um, dedicated staff here that have been cross-trained so they can answer any question that a taxpayer may have. So we're not passing somebody from one person to another to get their question answered. Um, we've also made it very easy to pay your taxes. You can pay online or you can send us a check. We're trying to discourage people coming into the office because of the pandemic, but um, you can come in and pay your taxes and come in if you have any issues that need to be resolved in person. What will you do uh, in the future or what have you already done to increase transparency to the public of the funds the treasurer's office handles? We have a very robust website. We do post our investment policy and our monthly investment reports, which shows what our holdings and our, the results were for the, the month as far as the returns go. We have a complete database on all of the property taxes in Pima County, so you can look up your taxes. We have some uh, consolidated data by district as far as the tax levy goes. My opponent would like to have a checkbook like the state treasurer's office provides for the state of Arizona. But the state treasurer only deals with the state of Arizona. We have 98 different political subdivisions in Pima County. So we don't have access to all of the data like the state does. Um, in addition, some of the data that we would have that we would be able to post uh, is restricted and confidential. If you think about HIPAA regulations, and then we're required to redact information for certain law enforcement personnel. A much better place to go for complete financial information on any of our political subdivisions is looking at their comprehensive annual financial report. It's just chock full of information about their accounting practices, how their um, books are basically set up. It does a comparison to with their actual performances to budgets. They're wonderful. And just about every political subdivision in Pima County has them available on their website. What have you done to increase the efficiency of the treasurer's operation? We've automated everything that we possibly can and are continuing to look at for more ways to be able to automate things. When I took office, we had a budgeted staff of 46. We're now down to 25 because we've been able to automate so much. 90% of our tax payments are automated to the point where a staff member doesn't need to even touch them. They just post to the system and post to it correctly. Um, as a result of all this great automation, I've also been able to save the taxpayers over $5 million, which is like twice my annual budget. So we've been able to get very efficient. What changes do you plan to make to the treasurer's office in the future? We're currently working with the superintendent of schools office to upgrade their um, financial software so that we can automate more things. Currently, as I said, we're accepting the deposits from 
um, the schools and we issued their checks. Most of that information is being transferred between the offices on paper, and we'll be able to completely automate that. In fact, my budget, I will be helping to pay for part of the cost of their new software products so we can end up automating more in our office and also help out the schools. Um, the other project that we're working with schools and with the county on is replacing their checks or their warrant processing for making payments to vendors with uh, electronic payments or ACH, which is cheaper and it's safer. There's um, a, a lot more potential for fraud with checks. In over my 20 years, we've never lost a dime due to fraud. Well, thank you very much. I greatly appreciate you being with us today. We've been talking with Beth Ford, the Republican candidate for Pima County Treasurer. Thank you for listening today. I hope you have learned something new about the two candidates who are running for Pima County Treasurer, Brian Bickle and Beth Ford. Tune in next week at the same time for another edition of Your Voting Guide by the League of Women Voters. You can learn more about the League at our website, lwvtucson.org. You've been listening to Your Voting Guide by the League of Women Voters on KXCI 91.3 FM. All episodes of this series are on kxci.org after they have been broadcast. This show is recorded and produced by Amanda Schauger. Until next time, this is Vivian Hart. Bye-bye. I would like to tell our listeners that the League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson has a number of upcoming forums that you are invited to come to and be an attendee. On October 3rd, the forum at 1 o'clock is with the two candidates running for sheriff. Mark Napier is the Republican and Chris Nanos is the Democrat. And then at 3.30, we have a second forum, which are the Board of Supervisors candidates for District 5. Adelita Grijalva is the Democrat, and Fernando Gonzalez is the Republican. So what you can do to join us is go to our webpage. Uh, if you go to our homepage on our website, and our website is lwvtucson.org, you will see uh, in the upcoming events calendar on the right-hand side of our homepage will be a list of those. If you click on the particular forum you're coming to, you will see a link that will take it to you when it's time to come on. And you can come on to the forum anytime as an attendee, anytime within about 10 minutes before the forum starts. So I hope you can make it because you will learn a lot about these candidates then also. November 3, you need to be seen. It's time to come to the aid. Come to the aid. Come to the aid.